Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. You know, you cannot kill tradition. You just can't do it. You can try, but it ain't going to happen. And it may have the opposite effect. The Catholic gentleman is going to be our guest today. We're going to do something we have never done before. So it's a bit of an experiment this morning on Catholic Drive Time. My friend John Heinen, who is uh, co-owner and director of The Catholic Gentleman. If you've ever been on Facebook or Twitter or some other social platform, you probably have come across some of their posts. They uh, they have a unique style to them. They have the uh, the tiara, the papal tiara, the, the triple crown for the Pope, haven't been worn since John the 23rd. But then they have the crossed pipes, the smoking pipes underneath, and, and their motto is, be a man, be a saint. And they always use like black and white uh, images from from years gone by, sort of like their mainstay or their style for their posts. And they tend to be very inspirational. So uh, today, John Heinen is going to be our guest for all three of our guest segments. So coming on at 6.15, we're going to have a conversation around one of their most recent posts, their commentaries on the moto proprio from uh, from their perspective as the Catholic gentlemen who look at helping men grow in holiness in embracing the, the traditions, embracing the patrimony of Holy Mother Church to help men be better men. And uh, so it's an interesting uh, a blog post that they put out. We'll have a conversation around that at 6.15. At 30, or at 30, 15 after, because you could be in the East Coast. You could be in New York or Massachusetts or Maryland or Virginia or Florida, and you're not on my time zone. So at 15 past the hour, we'll do that. At 35 past the hour, we are going to dump into John's story. So he's going to stay with us all the way through this entire hour. John's an interesting character. He's been near death on more than one occasion. One, uh, he was at the 2008 Olympics in Beijing. He went to Yale as a professional trumpet player. I mean, he's a very interesting character, and we're going to get to know him a little bit and talk about the mission of the Catholic gentleman. All that coming up this hour. So it's going to be a pretty interesting ride. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Well, you know, I've gotten a lot of response to our, our prize game show sponsor this week. Yes, it's been awesome. Uh, they, it's, it's a very amazing Catholic co- company, Catholic small business. Um, they make s- super cool things. Uh, what kind of responses did you get? Well, people have been interested. So I've had folks ask me for the link. And, uh, you know, because I guess when we say Oremus, you know, they're, they're not mm. sure how to spell that. But yes. here's the kicker. It's... It's a play on words. Oremus being Latin. Oh, spe- oh, this is Adrian. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. As soon Speaking as I of thought Latin. Latin, I thought Adrian. It's good. Uh, so Oremus means. Let us pray. So or, mm-hmm. there you go. Oremus. But see, this company, they did a play on this. So Oremus, they used O R E, and then the rest of the word is moose, like the actual animal. M O O S E. Oremus. And that's because they're from Minnesota, but they do leather work, and they, uh, you know, they have Bible covers and rosary pouches and uh, missile covers and all kinds of things. And uh, it's beautiful handcrafted leather work, and they are an incredible sp- uh, sponsor of our prize this week. So tomorrow, some lucky 
Drive Time listeners going to have their name pulled out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence, and they're going to get the the prize pack from Oremos. Yes. Kind of um, cool. It's a, it, and it's a great like it's they're so generous. They're um, donating a standard size Bible cover, a standard size breviary cover, a Magnificat cover, and a rosary pouch. So wow, wow. it's amazing. That's cool. it's so I kind of I kind of want the breviary cover. That sounds super cool. Yeah, it does, yes. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, praise be to God. So. Oremos.com uh, is their website. O-R-E-M-O-O-S-E.com is their website. And we're grateful to them. Uh, if you do uh, say hello to them, thank them for being a generous uh, co-sponsor for Catholic Drive Time. We're very grateful to them. All right, we're going to jump into our prayer, and then we're going to get into our hour. We're going to have breaking news and stories, saint of the day. We're going to have a gospel of the day. And, of course, 15 past the hour, John Heinen from The Catholic Gentleman will be on to talk about their latest post, You Cannot Kill Tradition. We're going to conversate about that at 15, and then at 35, we're going to get to know John a little bit more and the mission of the Catholic Drive Time. That's the plan. Let's pray for your intentions, dear listener, whatever's challenging you, whatever your needs are. We are praying for the Church, Holy Mother Church, for the Pope and the bishops, for their fidelity and for their, um, and for their work, right? Uh, may the Holy Ghost be with them. But let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Angels, to pray for all of us today and intercede. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Janelle. Today is Thursday, July 29th. Here's an article from Life News. Former president exposes Planned Parenthood, says is obsessed with killing babies in abortions. The story goes, Planned Parenthood has repeatedly and incorrectly argued that abortion makes up only 3% of its services. But a new book from the former head of the organization suggests that it dictates their direction 100%. In her memoir published on July 27th, Dr. Liana Wen details her time spent as president of the nation's largest abortion provider, Planned Parenthood. Wen offers readers an insider's view of the organization's obsession with abortion in Lifelines, a doctor's journey in the fight for public health. Among other things, she says she was told to say abortion in every media interview. Someone else also warned her that if we don't talk about abortion openly, loudly, and proudly as a positive moral good, then we are further stigmatizing it. When served as president for eight short months after Planned Parenthood suddenly ended her employment during a secret meeting in 2019. At the same time, she shared that she left because of philosophical differences, namely abortion. The new board leadership has determined that the priority of Planned Parenthood moving forward is to double down on abortion rights advocacy, she wrote in the statement. But as she reveals in her book, Wen faced opposition from Planned Parenthood from the very beginning for how she handled abortion. One of the main points I wanted to get across was that healthcare shouldn't be political. She remembered from when she prepared for her first media appearance as president on ABC's The View. I had to come to this job as a doctor, and my charge was patients' lives. Her message was met with applause and cheering from the show's audience, she said, but not from Planned Parenthood. Less than an hour later, the messages started coming, some of which threw her off guard. First, a board member texted her, 
Next time, make sure you talk about abortion. Then two people on the national staff informed her that back in the office there was a lot of worried chatter. You need to talk about abortion at every media interview. The unperson, the unnamed person added, "You're the president of Planned Parenthood. People expect that from you." Many of us would call ourselves pro-abortion. She heard, "We're proud of providing abortions and leading to abortion advocacy. We don't need to sanitize abortion with other services." Even though Wen identifies as pro-choice and agrees that abortion should be safe and legal, she disagreed here. Instead of being an advocate for abortion, she responded, "It's more accurate to say that we're advocates for all aspects of reproductive health, including birth control and sex education, to reduce the need for abortion." Right? She was wrong here too. She said, "Instead, she was told if we don't talk about abortion openly, loudly, and proudly as a mo- positive moral good." Then we are further stigmatizing it and the people who need it. It was just as controversial to express any doubt about abortion, even those done later in pregnancy for non-medical reasons. As I learned, concern about a slippery slope drove abortion rights groups to resist all restrictions. She's al- she was also stunned by the tone of Planned Parenthood's political content, particularly towards President Trump. What I hadn't grasped was that the organization's advocacy wasn't restricted to reproductive health; it was fully aligned with progressive politics. She said, "By the time I joined, Planned Parenthood was fully ensconced within the base of the Democratic Party and considered itself to be a leader of the anti-Trump movement." In May 2019, two new board members joined who wanted Wen to become more political fast instead of maintaining what Wen described as her non-partisan doctor voice. I was given a choice: change or leave," she said. At the same time, Wen suffered from a miscarriage. To add to the pain, someone conf- she confided in someone in Planned Parenthood who told others without her consent, and people began suggesting that she should use it as a reason to explain her departure. I'm Janelle, and those are your headline news for Thursday, July 29th. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Olaf the Second. He was born in 995.、Uh, does that make him a millennial? He was、uh, the son of Harold Grinsky, king of Norway, and Astra Gudimbrandur's daughter, the Viking,、uh, and became a Viking pirate. He was a convert to Christianity and baptized in 1010, and helped Ethelred of England against the pagan Danish invaders. He became the king of Norway from 1015 to 1028, and brought missionaries, including、uh, Blessed. Theogar the of Vestvig to Norway to evangelize his people. Olaf tried to force Christianity on them, but they revolted in 1029 and drove him first to Sweden and then to Kiev in modern-day Russia. There he gathered his forces and in 1030 tried to retake his throne. He was killed in battle and regarded by the Norwegians as the great champion of national independence and a martyr. He died by being killed in battle at Stiklestad on 29th of July, 1030, while trying to recover his throne. He was canonized in 1164 by Pope Alexander III. Saint Olaf II, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 11, verses 19 through 27. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother Lazarus, who had died. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, "Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live, and anyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's so much to say in, in passages like this, especially in John's Gospel. I love John's Gospel because it is just so full of typology, of hidden gems. It's just, it's jam-packed. It's amazing. But one of the things I found very interesting when looking at the early church fathers going through this passage, again, thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN for sponsoring our Gospel Reflection. That's V-E-R-B-U-M dot com forward slash GRN, making it easy for us to get to, to the early church fathers, great commentaries and more. But Augustine points out, and he wasn't the only one, uh, that they see the four days that uh, Lazarus spent in the tomb in a, in a very unique way. Augustine said this, there is one day of death which the law of our birth brings upon us. Uh, men transgress the natural law, and this is another day of death. The written law is given to men by the hands of Moses, and that is despised, a third day of death. The gospel comes, and men transgress it, a fourth day of death. But Christ does not disdain to awaken even these. I found that fascinating that they looked into these four days and saw something there uh, that was deeper in, in their meaning. But... This is a kicker for me, and I'll save some for the next hour when we also commentate on this particular passage. But here's a question, and I wonder if you've been asked this. Have you ever come across the Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons, people like that, Seventh-day Adventists even? Uh, does Jesus claim to be God? Well, this is one of the passages that I would put on the table to say, yes, of course. Even St. Chrysostom points out that Martha does not quite see Jesus 100% right. He says, she believed in Christ, but she believed not as she ought. She did not speak as if he were God. If thou hadn't been here, my brother had not died. And yet, Jesus speaks very powerfully back that he is, I am, ego eimi, the very very name for God given in the burning bush, that he is the resurrection, a powerful reality of who he really is. We'll be right back. John Heinen, the Catholic gentleman, and tradition is up next. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. Ever feel like life's just too much? Maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace today, begin at catholicscomehome.com. I used to wonder if God really cared about me. Then I started praying and going to church. 
I realized that God in my life was the difference between occasionally being happy and finding lasting joy. If you're looking for something more, check out catholicscomehome.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. We're going to do something very uh, unique and interesting today, something we've never done on Catholic Drive Time, and that's have a guest on for all three guest segments in the first hour. And uh, we're very excited about this. John Heinen is our guest today. He is with the Catholic Gentleman. He is their director. And uh, in this first segment, the What's Concerning Us segment, we're going to jump into one of their latest blog posts. But Mm -hmm. uh, at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with John about that time he almost died in China. A very fascinating (laughs) story. Or the time he almost got shot to death while fishing. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And the fact that he made it all the way through Yale on a full-ride scholarship to play the trumpet. I mean, what else could be more interesting than all that? Good morning to you, John. It's good to see you again. Good morning, Joe. Thanks. It's great to be here. How are you doing? (laughs) Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, praise God. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Let's jump into this uh, blog post. It's been the hot conversation now for the past few weeks. We've conversated quite a bit about it as well on our show, but I found your your blog post very interesting. Uh, Mm. You know, uh, thecatholicgentleman.com is the website. The blog post headline goes like this, you cannot kill tradition, a brief statement in response to the motu proprio traditionis custodis. Again, you can find it on their website, catholicgentleman.com. So what is the take that the Catholic gentlemen have taken in response to this new motu proprio? Yeah, of course. Well, it's a position that comes from love of the Eucharist and love of uh, the Latin Mass. And I I feel like that's something that's uh, greatly missing in so many churches in uh, America. And you know, Joe, and I know you are a fan of the Latin Mass, and I'm a fan of great liturgy. I was a parishioner for many years at Our Lady of Walsingham, that Anglican uh, usage. But I've also been a parishioner for five years at Modern Day, uh, the fraternity parish in Dallas, and, uh, and love the Latin Mass and been the Latin Mass throughout the world, actually. And... The thing that I find within the Latin Mass is just a great love of Christ in the Eucharist, Mm. something that I find woefully lacking in the majority of um, Novus Ordo parishes that I've been to. Not all of them, and I'm not trying to make absolutes or statements. So when something comes out like this, and I know Sam, who wrote the the blog post, uh, called it Draconian, there is a really certain feel of that in our um, in our circles because of our love for Christ in the Eucharist. I feel like that's unspoken of. It, we, we need to talk about that in the sense that there are the most atrocious liturgical abuses that happen at Novus Ordo Masses on a weekly basis. Um, many of them that I've, I've witnessed 
rare do I hear things come out of the Vatican or even bishops that are correcting these these grave misusage of um, of the time and the the celebration and the worship and sacrifice of the Holy Mass. Things that we don't find in the Latin Mass community. Sure, in the Latin Mass community, there is maybe a need for more charity, right? We we kind of run into that. I've run into those circles too, where there's people who just um, despise everything else except for the Latin Mass, which is not what we're arguing for as, um, either. But to come out, and I would argue anecdotally, um, pick a few and then wave a wand to correct mm. a majority that doesn't need correcting is a really difficult thing to stomach and to experience in the church. I think of Cardinal Seurat when he comes out and talks about using ad orientum in the Nova Soto Mass. And like within 24 hours, we hear the Vatican say, no, 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 this is not what we are um, supporting or arguing for. But then when Christ is first off not being received as body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, and then second is being... Um, basically dispersed in the most irreverent manners, we just, we don't hear anything about that. And that silence speaks a lot. And so anyways, I've gone down a couple of rabbit holes, but that's, I, I think that's it was, our big... I think it was Bishop Tobin out of New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken, who said, yeah. uh, it seems as though the Vatican used a chainsaw when they could have used yeah. a scalpel. And I think that's yeah. a pretty appropriate description. And I want to say many bishops, not traditional ones, but, you know, your mainstream Nova Sordo type of bishops, I think many bishops have, have made similar sentiments about yeah. this document. It seems to be oh, heavy-handed, to say the least. But here's a sentence, uh, or maybe it's two sentences, from your blog post, yeah. from Sam's blog post at The Catholic Gentleman, uh, yeah, that I feel like is super important in the conversation. We've talked about it here before, but I think it's worthy of, of doing so again. Here's the, st here's the two sentences, and it's in the very first paragraph. It says, quote, yeah. Further, for all practical purposes, the traditional Mass is abrogated as a legitimate expression of the Roman Rite. Those celebrations will be tolerated on a limited basis. The Novus Ordo Misse is now considered the only legitimate expression of the Roman Rite. Unquote. That's a, that to me is one of the most critical components, no matter how you feel. Uh, traditional yeah. Novus Ordo, left, right, or in between, it doesn't matter in my opinion, because this should mean something to uh, all of us. And the reason why I bring this up is because a minute ago you talked about how you've, you enjoyed the, the Anglican Rite. Well, yeah. That's part of the Roman rite. Well, okay, so is that being abrogated? Um, what about some of the other, uh, like the Dominican, uh, uh, the Dominicans have their own. Dominican rite. The Dominican rite, is that what they call it? The traditional mass, they have their own version of that. Is that being abrogated? So in the Roman rite of the church, there are actually several different, yes. let's, for the sake of, of simplicity, flavors Hmm. Are those being abrogated, or is it only the traditional Latin Mass, in which case this document then becomes disingenuous, because yes. it doesn't say what it actually means? What say yeah. you, John Heinen? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, those are our sentiments exactly, Joe. You, you, uh, you took a scalpel to the document. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, just you wait. And, I've got more. I've got, yeah, I'm good. And, and so, yeah, I completely agree that uh, the attack on... Uh, the Latin Mass is uh, grievous and direct. 
And the, I mean, everything you stated from the chainsaw to reading that portion in the blog, uh, we, we stand by that it's, um, it's a sad state. And we, we've gotten, oh, probably 7,000 people that have read that blog now. And one thing that a lot of people argue for is that we are supporting disobedience, which is not what we're supporting. We're supporting right. the love of the Latin mass. We're supporting yes. the love of truth and, um, and that passionate connection that it brings us. And I'll also argue when you go to these Latin masses, it's young families. It's families that are, that are just beaming at the pew. And, Actually, a beautiful thing, and I, I didn't talk about this right at the beginning, but a beautiful thing was when this came out, I was actually at modern day at a Latin wedding, oh, um, a Latin mass wedding. And yeah. so I was playing the trumpet, as we talked about. <laughs> um, it was my sister-in-law's wedding at modern day. And I thought, how a- appropriate, <laughs> how apropos um, for a motu proprio uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's attacking uh, the Latin mass, that I would be having a, a, a great joy in the Latin mass and experiencing uh, the beauty of it, as well as uh, the, the glory of the sacrament of marriage. So, yeah, it is. It, um, there, there's no other way to um, truthfully and honestly uh, interpret it or receive it as there is an axe to grind against a few and a chainsaw has been used to hack down it all or give a trump card to bishops that are um, more inclined favorable. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Adrian, so. you know, the uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up is, you know, the, we were talking to the Catholic gentleman and it's the idea of manliness at the Latin mass. Mm. And I'm not to, not to say that there aren't like good men in the Novus Ordo. Uh, that's right. just simply, I know my friends, we were at a party. We had a lot of secular people at the party that uh, were non Christians, agnostics and otherwise. And they were blown away by the community that mm. all of us who went to Latin mass, whether it was some of us went to Dawson Latin mass, some of us went to the fraternity and L elsewhere and we all get together and they're like there's this like sense of like of manliness there's a mission yeah. uh, why is it that there is a uh, this manliness associated with latin mass yeah because it's the authenticity of the mass i i love that and it's 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 truly to the original to the authentic to it calls us directly to something greater than ourselves and we're not going into um like a, a movie theater or we're not going into another uh, setting that is um, in many cases been Protestantized through rectivations of churches and things like that. We're going to something that is incredibly authentic. When you walk into the Latin mass, when you walk into a Latin mass, you know instantly that you are in a place of holy, um, you know, sacrifice, a place of holy uh, that calls us to something, to something greater. Something set apart. Holy. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly right. You see it from the whole setup within the church yeah. and in the right order of, of the visual and uh, in the senses and the experience. And so it calls us to something greater. And you're exactly right. And I appreciate you mentioning that because when I go to like uh, a gathering, a Holy Smokes gathering here in Dallas, right, where it's a bunch of guys, like 30 guys that just bring their pipes <laughs> and stuff like that, they're all Latin mass goers, right? They're all the people that are yearning for the truth and for the authentic, and they find it there in the Latin mass. Well, and well, One um, of the other a- aspects of this, we only have about three minutes left in our conversation in this first segment, yeah. but we'll continue on after the, after the break. But 
Uh, one of the other aspects in this that sort of oh, kind of got my mind spinning is the messaging coming out of the Vatican uh, the, these last several years seems to be, now I'm talking about perception yeah. here, seems to be you should be just like the world. There should be no real differences between you and the mm. world. And that seems troubling to me because if, in fact, there ought to be a difference between Christians and the world around them, well, then that begs the question, what is that difference? Uh, because it seems to me that that has become muddy water and very confusing to the average Catholic. And I'm the kind of guy who likes it you know, on or off. I don't like the in-between stuff. I like clarity. Yeah. Uh, about a minute and a half. What say you, John Heinen? Yeah, absolutely. And and I agree. I think we are, we are Catholic 24-7, and we wear different lapel pins. In fact, you know, I'm the director of the Catholic Gentleman. Um, I am a father of, of nine kids, five with me, four already interested in the infinite love of God. I'm a trumpet player. But these are my lapel pins, but I am Catholic. My suit is Catholic 24-7, and not the reverse of that. That mm. my suit is American. My suit is, um, you know, a, a, a person, and then the Catholic is my lapel pin. And... Um, and we, we do, we need to, we need to be called to holiness 24 seven, not just when we walk into church on Sundays and then, you know, we forget about it an hour after mass, uh, when the football game starts. Yeah, for sure. So I think this conversation is just bigger than the Latin mass, in my opinion. It's yeah. about who we are. Uh, what is our core mission, our core identity and who we are as a people that has to sojourn through this, through this world. Amen. Um, and I think that's at the heart of the conversation, which is why I say if you've never even been to a, a Latin Mass, nor do you ever want to go to one, well, fine, I still think you ought to care uh, because yeah. who we are is at stake, and uh, and that's part of the big conversation there. At any rate, uh, we're down to just a few seconds now. We're going to go to a break, and we're going to come back with breaking news and stories with Janelle, then we'll jump back into our conversation with John Heinen, director of The Catholic Gentleman. We're going to get to know him a little bit more his uh, backstory, and then the mission and the purpose of the Catholic gentleman and what they can offer a guy near you. All that coming up right after this break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone say that they don't like the Catholic Church because it's so dogmatic? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, You cannot live without dogmas. You cannot act for 24 hours without making a decision based on some deeply held belief that you cannot prove. Man can be defined as an animal that makes dogmas. Trees have no dogmas. Turnips are singularly broad-minded. In truth, there are only two kinds of people. Those who accept dogmas and know it, and those who accept dogmas and don't know it. So when someone objects to the Catholic Church for being too dogmatic, it only means that they are dogmatic against it, even though they have no idea what their own dogmas are. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. 
They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Here are some headlines from Church Militant. Pennsylvania priest placed on leave, accused of adult misconduct against another priest. Compelled speech in Colorado. Web designers forced to make wedding websites for homosexuals. And a replacing the Bible book of faith includes prayers from seven religions. Planned Parenthood exposed former CEO speaks out on the abortion mill's true agenda. New York Times reporter deletes cryptic tweet labeling Trump supporters as enemies of the state. And Irish bishops blast abortion law, argue the expansion is gravely disquieting. In other news, new report says anti-Christian violence in Nigeria highest level for years. Department of Homeland Security imposes employee mask mandate. Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness drops to 84% after six months. Pentagon to require mask indoors in COVID-19 hotspots, regardless of vaccination status. Magnitude 8.2 earthquake strikes near Alaska, triggering tsunami warning. Sydney police calls for Army to help enforce lockdown rules. U.S. Coast Guard sends 27 Cubans found at sea back to Communist Island. New York governor designates $15 million to promote COVID-19 jabs in communities with low vaccination rates. And by promote, they mean door-to-door campaigning. Companies have legal right to require vaccinations, new federal guidance says. Trudeau withholds health care funds to New Brunswick, alleging sufficient abortion access isn't provided. D.C. Cardinal rescinds permission for Latin Mass at National Shrine that would be at odds with the restrictions. Full Eighth Circuit to review Missouri pro-life law blocked by three-judge panel. Pro-LGBTQ James Martin says, You're not pro-life unless you take the COVID vaccine. Polish priest fined by German court for criticizing homosexual predators in the church. Over 1,000 scientists wanted to prevent UK from reopening. They were only 100 of them were actual scientists. Australian snitch on fellow citizens over lockdown protest. And here's an article from Crooks. Plaintiffs propose replacing Bible with book of faith. The plaintiffs in a federal lawsuit challenging the display of a Bible at New Hampshire's Veterans Hospital have proposed replacing it with a book of faith containing writings and prayers from seven religious groups. The lawsuit filed in 2019 by two U.S. Air Force veterans against the hospital director said the Bible's inclusion on a table honoring missing veterans and prisoners of wars is a violation of the U.S. Constitution. They said that the table should be a memorial to all who have served. Government lawyers argued that the lawsuit should be dismissed because the lead plaintiff acknowledged that he wasn't offended by the display. The plaintiff suggested amending their lawsuit after a case at the F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where a decision was made to replace the Bible on a memorial tables with the POW MIA Book of Faith in 2018. The book would contain writings and prayers from seven Department of Defense chaplain-appointed faith groups, Protestant, Roman Catholic, Orthodox, Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, and Hindu as well as blank pages to represent those who find solace by other means, according to the motion filed Monday. 
It said that the defendants don't object to the filing of the motion. And la- not, last but not least, dozens of U.S. beaches shut down in July due to high levels of toxic bacteria. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Thursday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. Also want to thank gloryandshine.com for their generous sponsorship of Catholic Drive Time, making it possible for us to get up at 3 a.m. five days a week to bring you the latest news and mm-hmm. intelligent conversation. So thank you, gloryandshine.com, for your generous support. John Heinen is our guest. He is with the Catholic Gentleman. It's good to have him on our program again. Good morning to you one more time. Good morning, Joe. Great to be here. All right, so let's get to know you a little bit, uh, and then we'll, I want to jump into the, the mission and the work specifically of the Catholic gentleman, but uh, let's get that elevator pitch. I mean, uh, I know that you almost died in China once. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's kind of a fascinating story. The fishing story where you almost got shot to death is also very good, but maybe <laughs> it's uh, how does one go through Yale on a full ride pl- to play the trumpet? Is, th- is that a thing? Yeah, it is, and it was a big blessing in my life, so... Uh, prior to being the director at the Catholic Gentleman and many other things and being a father and all those things, I was a uh, uh, pursuit in being a professional trumpet player full time. And I was holding my trumpet nine hours a day. This is just kind of like homage to those days <laughs> of yore. Um, but that's a that's a cornet. And uh, I've got a trumpet up here. And um, I wouldn't have known. You didn't have and, to tell uh, me. I would yeah, have bought it the whole and, time. And so... Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a big blessing in my life. I I was able to uh, travel to Puerto Rico and to uh, Italy and to Germany and to Korea twice and to China twice and to Thailand, uh, all paid for by somebody else. I was able to get my degree from Yale, paid for by someone else, uh, by Yale. And um, and so yeah, that was a big blessing. I uh, practiced five to seven hours a day wow. and uh and prayed the rosary daily and uh what, you, generally so you went were, to mass daily you were uh raised catholic i was yeah cradle catholic so i was raised catholic from my youth um you know prior to the first month or so of my life right always uh, so what do you say that you you're a, a, a you're pagan a pagan heathen a up heathen? until yeah, you're baptized exactly. that's what i was uh, so. yeah <laughs> for yeah. nine months uh-huh. and at minimum eight days after birth you're a pagan right. heathen uh, <laughs> nowadays right. nowadays they baptize children months later it's like oh that man months. i know but why keep the pagan in the house for that long i, I know right Yikes. people have lost their senses <laughs> and so uh yeah exactly and so then i started playing trumpet in fifth grade <clears throat> i stuck with it um, uh, fell in love with it. Did my undergrad at TCU, Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, also wow. um, uh, on a full ride and in trumpet, and then uh, won won a spot at Yale. So I mean, there was like fifty trumpet players that auditioned for three spots, and so I was um, blessed to get one. It was actually a, a very profound and moving moment of faith in my life. Uh, the St. Mary's up there, the Dominicans. Um, at St. Mary's are like the bastion of Catholicism um, hmm. up in New England. Dominicans and... are just the bastion of Catholicism in the world. <laughs> Why did you have to I'm go saying, there, John? <laughs> what? You, you stirred the pot, John. I mean, it's now it's going to be all Dominicans all the time for the rest I laid, of the day. I, I laid it up. Um, that's right. So you just had, to, just had to bring it home. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome getting to know them and to experience the faith and go to Mass. I actually wanted to go to Mass daily because of their homilies mm. and really just how powerful the mass was there at St. Mary's, which is the um, parish that Father McGivney's uh, tomb where he was buried, where he is buried. Um, it, is. I know personally, because I've known you for a few years now, that it was a somewhat difficult, even maybe even painful process to realize that you weren't going to be 
like uh, mm. the, uh, the the professional trumpet player at the highest level in society, and that would be your only thing. You had yeah. to find another way. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I identified myself incorrectly, right? My identity was dependent on these things, like getting a full ride, like being the best at everything I did. Mm. And when I decided to pursue trumpet full time and to make that a career to play in a professional symphony orchestra, that was my life for 10, 10 plus years. And when God took me in a different path, I prayed an incessant novena to St. Joseph, right? So that's an important um, point. There's St. Joseph right there. And we, I prayed for two and a half years with my wife to, to get a career, and God took me in a different direction. And you're exactly right. When I started to work for sales and marketing for a, um, for a Catholic online learning company, I still planned on like leaving that and playing trumpet professionally mm-hmm. and full-time and I still play professionally but I don't it's not my career and so when that when that happened it was it was uh, difficult as I slowly removed myself from the possibility of playing full-time and then Joe just to further it a little bit um, a couple of my students have actually won jobs with <laughs> professional symphony orchestras, and they're making salaried <laughs> positions as professional symphony You're not orchestra players. You're not. I know. And and when those things happen, it's it's an opportunity to die to myself. Um, God <laughs> is definitely. I don't regret anything. I don't regret the the love and joy and peace and and career that God has brought to my life. But it certainly was uh, painful not realizing mm. um, that I would be doing trumpet full-time and playing Mahler symphonies day in and day out. Well, God's ways are mysterious, to say the least, and I think he's led you down a a path that is quite remarkable in many other ways. Uh, uh, Just in knowing you for the years that I have and seeing your work and how it has impact for Catholic organizations through your work at Fusati, but also now your work at the Catholic Gentleman. So how did you get involved? Because uh, whenever ever I experienced the Catholic gentleman, it was always Sam, uh, the founder. Yeah. Uh, now I come to realize that John is a part of this. How did that happen? Yeah, so about a year and a half ago, Sam came. Sam's a good friend of mine. And Sam came to me about a year and a half ago, and he was really struggling to take the Catholic gentleman to the next level, right? Beyond, I mean, literally tens of thousands of people coming to our website on a monthly basis, sometimes hundreds of thousands on a monthly basis. Um, but how, how, do you, how do you turn that straw into gold? And, uh, and <laughs> so how, how do you take it to the next level, right? To move beyond the memes, which we love and we continue to do in the blog posts. And so he asked me, and that's kind of something that I have a knack for, right? I have a knack for, for taking apostolates and, um, and bringing them to the next level through marketing, through a business strategy. And so that's what I talked to him about doing. And I said, yeah, I'd love to love to come on and do this with you. Uh, we created a new website, we created a new store, and then we launched our podcast. All right, hold that thought right there. John Heinen is our guest. He is the director of The Catholic Gentleman. Their tagline is, be a man, be a saint. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk specifically about The Catholic Gentleman, their mission, what they are trying to accomplish, and why that's important. All that is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Jesus lived on this earth for 30-some years, but isn't it interesting that we know only about a few of them? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. We know nothing about most of Jesus' life. 
We can imagine that he lived such a good and ordinary life that it did not attract attention. Yet this average, everyday fidelity was the preparation for that mission we know from the Gospels. We don't know what God will have in store for us to do in the future. Life according to St. Benedict's rule tells us that the best way for us to prepare for it is by being faithful in the ordinary demands of our life, day after day. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. Only by fidelity in the seemingly small things we are expected to accomplish each day can we ever be prepared for whatever difficult sacrifices might eventually be asked of us. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's great to be on with you. Good morning. Uh, Praise be to God. The Catholic Gentleman is our uh, subject today. CatholicGentleman.com is their website. John Heinen, their director, is our guest. Good morning to you again, John. Morning, Joe. You know, one of the things that's always stood out to me about the Catholic Gentleman has been the, the styling. Yeah, the motif, the the theme, Mm -hmm. the brand. You know, uh, whenever you encounter this, either uh, mostly online, I I would say, uh, is there's a unique styling that stands out, and you always recognize it. The the, the use of old black and white photos of, you know, uh, anonymous figures. You have no idea about their life, but you always tend to go, hmm, I wonder what's going through their mind when this picture was taken, you know? What was up in their life? What was, you know, I find it very fascinating, and it kind of draws you in. So there's a a styling to the Catholic gentleman that is unique and stands out. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So we chose the black and white to break through the noise, um, right? So we have, we experience uh, 1,500 marketing, you know, ads a day. And the, the amount of noise that we see and hear and listen to on a daily basis. Um, and so black and white was grayscale was, uh, intentionally chosen to break through that noise. You're talking about the men between, say, the 1915 to 1940s. That's also intentional. Um, a society back then, uh, kind of supported an external view of masculinity that, um, while maybe void of certain internal dispositions uh, to holiness that need to work on, uh, is truthful in its beauty and it's truthful in its um, its accurate representation of manliness. And we're also talking about European and 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 um, and American men in the the fifteens, uh, nineteen fifteen to nineteen forty or so, you know, between the between the world wars, and um, that was chosen intentionally as well because as you mean you hit that nail on the head that's the point the point is to stop and to meditate and not say that men today need to have handlebar mustaches and (laughs) you know tattered shirts or you know um ripped um ripped muscles uh but but it doesn't hurt though right i was (laughs) hoping you were gonna say skinny jeans and and leather (laughs) uh, leather ankle boots and and uh, no weird wide brim hats. I mean, like, good, right. who's, there are things who's in charge contrary. of styling right now? You're fired. <laughs> good grief. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so 
that's the point. And then we pair them, obviously, with great uh, manly saint quotes, right? Uh, quotes St. Louis de Montfort, even Fulton Sheen, and uh, different amazing men of the past uh, that we, we connect to. Sometimes we use current quotes, but uh, generally it is, um, you know, old from the tradition of the church mm. and uh, um, from the history of the church. So, Who is your uh, target audience exactly? Because, you know, I kind of feel like it's my age group, but maybe maybe it's not. Uh, I'm 23 years old. So uh, yeah. what is the target audience for this and how do you all kind of target them? That's a great question. And I love that. And it's a conversation we have all the time. So it's all Catholic men, right? So that's what we're targeting is all Catholic men. We're trying to enliven the older generation who has been emasculated, who, uh, you know, came from that generation, uh, experienced, uh, Latin mass from their childhood, experienced the disruption just to go back to the beginning of our conversation today. Um, but don't see that anymore. And, and, and are questioning themselves and questioning their, their identity as, um, sons and uh, of Christ. And so um and so we we target them as well. However, like with our podcast to to hit the nail on the head, 18 to 35 year old men are the people that are listening to our podcast. And I think there's some truth to that too because uh, we live in a fatherless uh, society, right, where even fathers who are actively involved in their son's lives don't know how to be fathers. And uh, and then there's also many present but absent fathers. And then there's just many fathers that are gone. And that number continues to grow, unfortunately. And so we're here to change that tide. But yeah, like with our most recent podcast about how a single guy can get a date. Obviously, yeah. I got a good laugh out of that. Audience. That was yeah, funny. Yeah, mo- most married exactly. men uh, aren't, aren't too interested in that. I don't have a problem getting a date. Um, That's right. <laughs> uh, not an exactly. issue for me, but okay. I th- That's right. I thought it was well, quite funny. Our, the most successful podcast we've come out with right now is seven gentlemen or sorry, seven things a confident gentleman never does and and that's been a far broader audience but still the primary people listening to it are men 18 to 35 mm-hmm. right there's a real mm-hmm. there's a real desire and, and yearning for authenticity true manliness as we say on our, our site be a man be a saint right we're not called to be a person uh, we're called to be a man if you were born a man and and what does that mean so yeah that reminds me of recently and uh there's this like sense of demasculation like you were saying you're emasculating people men and yeah. we saw this in the uh in the u.s government like we had people who are state senators people who are leaders of the u.s government crying in public as men and there's no sense of like of being able of having a sense of stoicism of being able to endure suffering or be able yeah. to hold fast and not show the world your your weakness that's kind of been gone by wayside and said that men need to become more like women uh, and then we allow women to tell men this is how men should be uh, but you would never let that happen the other way around uh, what do you say yeah. about that yeah, I agree. Thomas Aquinas talked about uh, the uh, the effeminate or the effeminization of men, uh, not so much as an outward appearance or, you know, the, the depth of your voice or, you know, the size, how tall you were. Uh, but he talked about it as men incapable of enduring suffering and incapable of enduring uh, disruption in their lives. And you're exactly right. Then that's, that's the byproduct of that, right? When, when men are taught that there's no virtue, there's no goodness, there's no holiness in suffering, uh, that we should abandon it at all causes, and that anything goes, then this is what we get. We get this uh, this distorted image and this distorted reality of that God has created man and woman, you mm. know, 
And, and we're here at the Catholic Gentleman to talk about what does it mean to be a man? And obviously, we're all called to holiness. And being a man is everything from, you know, leather journals and, and buck knives and, you know, and, and all these great things. But it's also that interior disposition. And I want to get there, too, because the number one criti- critics that we get mm-hmm. are the people that think it's all about the external. The external is so important because it is an external sign of our interior disposition. And if you're not working on your interior disposition, mm-hmm. yeah, then it's going to be a fake facade. It's going to be a parody of a man. Yes. So. And that reminds me of a post that went a little viral among Catholic Twitter. And it was a uh, women, uh, this lady saying, you know, you're not manly because you uh, you wear uh, a suit and you uh, comb your hair and you look nice and you smoke a cigar and you work out. That doesn't make you manly. The real being real man is your character. And a lot of people were retweeting it and things like this. But a lot of uh, a lot of the men were like, well, yeah, that's true. But also those things don't hurt. Like you, you shouldn't no. denigrate the externals because the externals reflect your interior disposition. And we kind of lost sense of that. We at least sometimes, uh, at least sometimes, of course, yeah. <laughs> at least and, sometimes, and yeah. or at least most of the time. And I think that the the we kind of have lost a sense of that because we instead think you know comfort should be the most important thing. So mm, I'm going to wear yeah. pajamas to to class <laughs> and mass, I'm going to wear right. or to mass even. <laughs> and we've kind yeah. of uh, denigrated the idea of suffering yeah. to look nice, to wear a suit when right. it's hot outside, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, it's a both and. You're not respecting yourself to, you're not respecting the dignity uh, within you to to look like a slob when you're walking around outside. I, I completely agree. I like the pajamas. That's actually one of the seven things we talked about <laughs> on on that a confident gentleman never does, and that's wearing pajamas to the store. And um, and so, uh, but yeah, you're you're exactly right, and that's exactly what we're here to call men to to true holiness, to true manliness um, mm-hmm. in this life. Because you know what else? What else is there? It's all. It's all a fake characterization of of reality and of of truth. I find it fascinating that um, your target audience is men in particular, but also you attract a good, I think, a portion of the female market, um, especially young young females who are interested in knowing and um, using the Catholic gentleman as a reference for yeah. what authentic masculinity looks like. Did you just say it's a dating app? No, I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. We're working on that. That's version 2.0. I'll let you know when that's ready. Um, you're, you're right. And actually, I love that. And it's, it's the women that quote and a lot of mothers, you know, that are like, wow, I'm raising sons and I love just going to this. I send this to my, my uh, husband or um, actually a lot of young women as well that are, are yearning for that as well. Um, I, we talked about that a lot on that episode. um, And we talk about that actually a lot in our blog posts, but uh, we need men to be men, to not be cowards. I think we say on our website, um, you know, that we're not, men aren't called to be passive and subservient to the culture, right? We're called to change the culture to the good and to truth. And that starts with changing yourself. And we have to have men that aren't cowards. Mm-hmm. And I, I used in the recent episode that statement that um, nice guys finish last is, you know, a battle cry of the coward, right? Because they, just, <laughs> they, couldn't, get out. they couldn't get out and ask the woman out. And we actually had a couple great comments of guys who literally asked a woman out after listening to that. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. So, yeah. So anyways, you're, you're very, and I love that. And I'm grateful. And every time Sam and I are doing one of these podcasts, we look at each other and we're like, yeah, the women are going to like this one. <laughs> um, that's too funny. Well, we're, we're almost out of time here. CatholicGentleman.com is the website, but do you also have a store? Tell us real quick about the products in your store. 
Yeah, so we're coming out with more and more products, but right now we've got a lot of branded products on the store. Like we've got our mug, we've got, um, we're coming out with a leather uh, journal. We have rosaries coming out with this brand new rosary. Actually, you're the only one who's, I haven't shown this to anybody, but we just produced this. And uh, we've got this rosary with a a custom St. Joseph um, uh, centerpiece and uh, the three hearts on the back, uh, solid wood. I don't know. I'm, I'm smelling a giveaway on our game show. Sounds good. Um, we'll make it happen. I'll get in Joe. touch with you. The Catholic gentleman sponsor of our game show coming Please. soon. Please, yeah, that'd be <laughs> absolutely. Fun. Praise be to God. We'll and where can it. we find your podcast besides the website Catholic Gentleman? Yeah, you can go to website. You can go to YouTube, or you can go to every single podcast player out there. If you like to listen on Shopify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, any of those things, we are on there. Just search yeah. Catholic Gentleman, and you're going to see it. All right. Well, we never got to tell the story of uh, how he almost died in China. That's kind of a cool story, but maybe next Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, praise be to God. John Heinen, Director of Catholic Gentlemen, thank you for your time today. Joe, it's been great. God bless you both. Thanks for what you guys are doing. Praise be to God. Check them out online, catholicgentleman.com. Gentleman, rather. catholicgentleman.com. And share that with your friends and your family. I think they'll be greatly blessed by that. But that's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Thank you for joining us for that. If you can and you're able to, join us in the second hour. We would love to have you. Our Fear and Trembling Game Show is coming up. And prizes are involved. Leather, in fact. We're giving away a leather pack from oremus.com. Uh, it's going to happen tomorrow, but your chances to win is coming up in the next hour, so don't go anywhere. You can check us out online at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true queen of heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12 verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary, we honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. 
After all, if Jesus is the king, then Mary is truly the queen mother of heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. You are only one day away. Do you know that? The weekend is so close, you can smell the barbecue. John Heinen was our guest in the last hour, and we did something we have never done before. We kept a guest on for the entire hour, practically. He is with the Catholic Gentleman. We had a great conversation between talking about uh, the tradition uh, and the new moto proprio and their response, and then the work of Catholic Drive Time to help to uh, reinvigorate masculine spirituality on a common, everyday level. It was very, very good. Uh, their website is thecatholicgentleman.com. You should check that out. But uh, in this hour, we are going to play our game show, of course. That's what we do in the second hour, mostly. And you could win a, a beautiful and incredible prize pack from Oremus, uh, which has been a very popular sponsor, I have to I have to say. Janelle, good morning. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Oremus, uh, for those of you who uh, are wondering how to spell that, that's O-R-E and then moose, as in the animal. Oremus. It's a play on words. Um, it's a play on the Latin word for Oremus, which means let us pray, uh, used in the uh, Latin mass. Um, and Oremus, Catholic Leatherworks motto is clothing the word. They desire to make the gospel presentable and appealing to the modern world through beautiful art and great craftsmanship. They make leather goods to cover Bibles, breveries, prayer books, magnificats, and so much more in an attempt to encourage people to read scripture and to reverence the word of God. They mm. also support good Catholic artists, musicians, and are actively engaged in ministry in various forms. Um, they're based in Mankato, Minnesota, and it was started by David Cruz in 2020. They have, uh, I'm looking at one of the pictures on their website, oremus.com, and there's a gentleman with a, uh, uh, a I don't know if I guess it's a breviary cover, mm-hmm. but it's got the three hearts on it. Yes, so it's So it's awesome. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. It's they have quite lots lovely. Of- very great designs. Very yes. great designs. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, so, well, thank you, Aramis. We're very grateful. But did you see John Heinen shared exclusively their brand new rosary that they yes. had custom made? I'll definitely uh, reach out to him later. Yeah, so we're going to have to give <laughs> that away. Them. And uh, they've got uh, some leather covers. They've also got mugs and such. So mm-hmm. make sure that you get a nice price pack package. And we'll I'll give that best. away on a future <laughs> week of Catholic Drive Time coming up. So that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, speaking of a lot of fun and leather, 
where uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. And leather. Interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Uh, very interesting. Uh, that went sideways fast. That's <laughs> very interesting, intriguing. Uh, nonetheless, it's good to Wait, be you here. you said you wanted a leather breviary cover. You know, I do. I really, See? I actually really like leather. And that I think would be fun. I think it's really nice. I used to, uh, when I was younger, I wore a leather jacket all the time. Uh, so that, that that was interesting. Only the cool rich kids could afford leather uh, when I well, was a kid. Yeah. But when I was a kid... Well, it's called pleather. When I was a kid, uh, in the malls, they would have uh, uh, stores dedicated just to leather jackets. Wow. And you can thank Top Gun for that trend. I was going to say John Travolta, but... You <laughs> really? Know, mm-hmm. Oh, from Greece, you yeah, mean? Yeah, from Greece. Yeah, I could see it. They have for a lot sure. of greasers out there. Yeah. But yeah. no, these were all like leather jackets like in Top Gun. Mm. So that was a big Bomber thing jackets. back in the 80s. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep, yep. At any rate, we're going to have a fun show in this hour, and we're very grateful that you are a part of our program today. So we're going to have uh, good news stories with Janelle. Then we're going to do Saint of the Day, and uh, it's going to be an ec- extra fun saint uh, trying to listen to Adrian pronounce all of the uh, the Nordic uh, town names. and It's, it's going to be Easy wonderful. Peasy. And then, of course, Gospel Reflection. We're in the Gospel of John today. And uh, and then we're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling, and you could win the leather prize pack from O'Ray Moose this week. Uh, you get three chances today, three chances tomorrow, but you have to be the first caller when we give you the phone number. That's the trick. And if I'm going to look at the questions really quickly here just to see... Yes, this looks like all easy question Thursday today. So it's not even going to be that hard. You, you get, you're going to get in. It's going to be wonderful. So be ready to dial the phone number when I give it to you. That is what we're going to do in this first half hour. And the second half of this hour, we will have an after show where we will conversate with you casually about whatever it is that's on your heart, your mind, on the live video feed or on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Oh, and by the way, today's the day I send a an email to our CDT insiders, and they get exclusive content every single week. And uh, so I'll be sending that email out. So if you want to get in on that, go to the website and join our email list. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Mask mandate in Missouri's St. Louis County is overturned. Mass obligation to be reinstated on the Feast of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary for Pennsylvania Catholics. Connecticut awards security grants to 97 groups and churches. Trinity Washington University clears tuition debts for 540 students. Michigan 8-year-old takes 50-yard challenge to mow lawns for elderly, veterans, and the disabled in need. A true living medieval experience, Catholic University students replicate Notre Dame Cathedral architecture. Florida County passes measure funding pregnancy centers saving babies from abortion. Northern Ireland, sorry, Northern Ireland bishops advocate for protection of right to life. And the Japanese church launches 10 days for peace initiative. A premature baby born 11 weeks early heads home from hospital. Walking at the doors was a miracle. And last but not least, Ecuadorian priest awarded by city for feeding hundreds of the needy daily. 
The mayor's office of Guayaquil on Sunday awarded Father Wilson Malave Parales, director of the Lord of Good Hope Soup Kitchen for the Brother in Need, with the Urban Heroes Medal of Merit. The Archdiocese of Guayaquil said that the soup kitchen run by Father Malave started nine years ago by feeding 80 homeless people every day in the downtown area. It currently offers meals to about 550 people Monday through Friday. The award is a tribute to the effort of all the brother volunteers who support the good Lord of Good Hope work of charity that has brought together all the prayer groups and benefactors in these difficult times that we are going through where there is a lot of migration, dysfunctional families, and increased drug or alcohol use, said Father Malave, who also serves as pastor of St. Augustine Church. The people served by this work of solidarity with food, clothing, or a place to wash up are elderly, migrants, single mothers, street vendors, the disabled, and the homeless. People receive Christ through a pot that's full of love. It's not food, but the love of those who donate the little or lot they may have for their neighbor, the priest said. And happy feast day of St. Martha. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Thursday. The saint of the day is St. Olaf II. He was born in 995, which I think makes him a millennial. He was a son of Harold Grinsky, a king of Norway, and Asta Gudenbraden's daughter, and he became a Viking pirate. He was a convert to Christianity and was baptized in 1010. He helped Ethelred of England against the pagan Danish invaders. He was, became the king of Norway from 1015 to 1028 and brought missionaries including the blessed Theod, Theodgar of Vestidvig to Norway to evangelize his people. Olaf tried to force Christianity on them, but they revolted in 1029 and drove him first to Sweden and then to Kiev in modern-day Russia. There he gathered his forces, and in 1030 he tried to retake his throne. He was killed in battle and regarded by the Norwegians as a great champion of national independence and a martyr. He was killed in battle at Steikenleistart on the 29th of July, 1030, while trying to recover his throne. He was canonized in 1164 by Pope Alexander III. St. Olaf II, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 11, verses 19 through 27. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother, Lazarus, who had died. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And anyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things I pointed out last hour 
was the, how this passage is a fantastic example of how Jesus claims to be God. Uh, I've had conversations with Jehovah's Witnesses and others where they dispute that Jesus ever makes that claim. And, and this is one of many, many passages in the Gospels that you could point to. Because even the fathers of the church, St. Chrysostom, Augustine, Theophilicate, and many others, point out that Martha, at first, does not really believe that he's fully God. I mean, he's 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 the Christ, he's, he's special, but he's not fully God, at least not in her language that she uses here. And yet it becomes clear when Jesus says, ego a me, I am the resurrection. And she says, you are the son of God. That is a powerful reality. Augustine says this, when I believed that thou wert the son of God, I believed that thou wert the resurrection, that thou wert life, and that he that believeth in thee, though he were dead, shall live. It's a powerful reality that our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is God. He is the second person of the Trinity. Let that sink in. Believe that. Live that. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, so it's very interesting. Cornelius Alapide says that um, that he actually takes this as a model of prayer because he says here that she recognized, Martha did, that our Lord had the power to raise Lazarus from the death, from the dead. But Instead of saying, raise my brother from the dead, Lord, please raise my brother from the dead. Instead, he, she said, but I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So instead of saying, my will be done, he said, your will be done. And Corinthians Lapide says this as much when he says, she thought, says Cyril, that Christ came not that he might raise up Lazarus, but that he might comfort her and Mary. And therefore she begs of him that he will raise Lazarus, but indirectly. And with a modest and humble resignation of her will to his, whence as Augustine notes, she did not say, but now I pray thee to raise my brother, for whence she should know whether it were good for her brother to rise again. This only she said, I know that thou art able to do this, if thou wilt, but whether thou wilt do it or not is a matter of thy judgment and not for my presumption to determine. This is very important because he's saying, look, Lord, I know you're all powerful. I know you can do whatever you want, but I do not presume to know your will. I do not presume to know what that I know what's best. I know that I want my brother to be risen from the dead, but your will be done. If this is not in your plan, if you do not will it, then it will not happen. And because of that, I'm going to place my trust in Christ. And this is how we are to approach our prayer. Whenever we pray for something, even if it's a perceived good by us, God has a much bigger picture. He looks at his tapestry all at once and he knows what prayers that he is going to answer. That does not mean that we should not ask because God wants us to ask. That's why he says, ask, you shall receive, seek, and you shall find, knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. So we should ask, but we should also resign ourselves to the divine will of God, uh, the trustful surrender to divine providence. This is the attitude that we should have when we pray, and this is the lesson that Cornelius Lapide wants us to take away from this passage. All right, praise be to God. Are you ready to play the game? Are you ready to possibly win a very cool prize pack uh, from Oremus.com, our sponsor? All you need to do is be our first caller, and you get three chances to play the game today. Three chances in the coffee cup of Divine Providence, and three chances to possibly win our prize pack. All you need to do is call, and call right now at 877-757-9424. You could win 877-757-9424. 
That's 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back to play Fear and Trembling. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. And the phone lines are wide open. If you've never played, or if it's been a while since you've played, call right now. You could be our contestant. You can possibly win the, the prize pack, and you don't even need to know the answers to win this game. It's that easy. 877-757-9424. Call right now, and you'll get, you'll get in. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424 is the phone number to call and to be our contestant. So while we're waiting for the call to come in, let me just go over the rules, and here's how this works. There are, of course, three sneaky, tricky, little hidden secret things I like to do with the game show segment. Number one, to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments, questions where we might learn something we did not know before. Praise be to God, right? That's always a good thing, learning something new. We like to have fun, and our contestants tend to be a good time. They tend to uh, laugh with us, and we love that part. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, 
which kind of makes this a winner for everybody involved. I mean, who doesn't want to win prizes? But here's the kicker, if you're just joining us. Uh, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't know if I'll know the answers. You don't need to know the answers to win this game. That's how much fun this is. And the reason why is because I don't ask the caller. I will instead ask Janelle, and I'll ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, while the other one will be wrong. So the caller will only have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? Will it be Janelle? Will it be Adrian? Uh, but every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And so that's how the game is played. Now, here's the thing. We have prize sponsors every single week, and, uh, and they generously give us things to give away to the winner, and tomorrow's the day we pull the name out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence, announce it live on the radio, and we will be sending that person the prize pack. So this week's sponsor, uh, Janelle, who's who's giving us the prize this week? This week, we are getting a prize from Oremus, Catholic Love Work, that's O-R-E and then moose, as in the animal, so M-O-O-S-E. Oremus is giving a standard size Bible cover um, made to fit the Great Adventure Bible, a standard size breviary cover, that's the book for um, the prayers throughout the, um, the holy hours, um, and a regular print Magnificat cover and a rosary pouch. All the leather used is a beautiful chocolate brown with black stitching, giving your religious goods a beautiful and elegant look. The prize is 100% handmade and built to last a lifetime. High-quality leather and great craftsmanship are what make Oremus Leatherwork stand out. Yeah, for sure. Their website is uh, pretty impressive. Yes. Oremus, O-R-E-M-O-O-S-E.com, Oremus.com. They do custom work, too, by the way. They do, they do. They also sell guitar straps, uh, wallets, bags, purses. Crossbodies is, is amazing stuff. I need a uh, guitar strap. Actually, I'm actually in the market for that, so I, I may uh, I may uh, purchase one off of their Oremus.com website. Let's go to the phones and play our game. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. Thanks for being a part of our show. Jeffrey, are Hello. you there? Yes, I'm here. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. Thanks for being on with us today. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Ohio. Ohio. I don't yeah. know that we've ever had an Ohio caller oh, on wow. before. Praise be to God. It's on, good wow. to have you on. Awesome. I'm actually on my way to Ohio on the 13th of How August. wonderful. So, there you go. Uh, Where are you going? What, I'm heading to Cincinnati. I'm going to go see the oh, okay. profession of vows of the Dominican friars at um, the uh, St. Gertrude's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm excited. Our first Ohio contestant in the game show. Praise be to God. Now, uh, where do you go to church, Jeffrey? Where? St. Jude's. Ah, St. Jude's. Praise be to Jesus. Yeah. All right, Jeffrey, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the game is played? No, no, that's the first time I listened to it, because I only get to the first hour on the other channel. So the way this program. works, the way this works, we've got to be quick because we're, we're on a time clock here, but the way this works is I have three trivia questions, they're all church-related, but I will not ask you that question, Jeff. Instead, I'm going to ask Janelle, and I will ask Adrian. One of them will have a correct answer, and then the other will be wrong. You, sir, will have 15 seconds to decide whom do you trust more, uh, Janelle or Adrian, and every right answer goes into the cup to possibly win the prize. So that is how the game is played. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Janelle, we will go to you, as is our custom. Uh, Are you ready? Yes, sir, I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm ready. Are you sure? I am, very sure. Janelle, who is the patron saint of all children? 
the patron saint of all children. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know this about this particular saint, um, but Saint Anthony is also the patron saint of all children. Did, so what, not did, just wasn't animals. He on yesterday. He was Anthony? on yesterday. Hmm. He's a, he is a powerful saint. Okay. He's the okay. patron saint of lost things, um, children, and, 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 and children um, too. Yeah, and children and animals. Let's, yes. Huh? Let's get a second opinion on this, Adrian. Can you tell me who is the patron saint of children? That would be Jolly Old St. Nicholas. Really? Hmm. Jolly Old St. Nicholas punching Arius in the face. Patron <laughs> <laughs> saint of children. <laughs> oh, okay. They, they forgot that in the Christmas so, carols. So, St. Nicholas, you're saying? Si, senor. Okay, okay. So, uh, here's the deal, Jeffrey. Uh, Adrian says the answer is St. Nicholas, whereas Janelle is saying St. Anthony of Padua. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Jeffrey, what say you? St. Anthony. Survey says, I am. Wow, Adrian. Oh, that was great, so fast. Buddy. Could you, like, go faster with that button, sir? Like, wow. I'm, I'm sorry, Jeffrey, but uh, uh, Janelle tricked you. Sorry. Okay. And uh, in fact, the answer is St. Nicholas. I didn't think it was. <laughs> yes, it is. But, but mm-hmm. don't fear. We still have two more questions to get you in that cup. And uh, I think this next one, we're, we're going to get there. I think we're going to get there with this next one. Let's go to Adrian. Adrian, are you ready? Yes. Adrian, can you tell me, what are the four marks of the Roman Catholic Church? Yes, we say that in the creed every Sunday, and if you pray the rosary every day, we'll say that. One holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Okay. One holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Mm-hmm. Seems familiar to me. See, si, senor. Yes. Huh, let's see what uh, Janelle has to say, though. Uh, Janelle... Can you tell me, what are the four marks of the Roman Catholic Church? The four marks of the Roman Catholic Church are ashes, palm leaves, coffee and donuts, and bulletins. <laughs> I'm sorry, just morning allergies, apparently. Steve <clears throat> said every <throat> single Roman Catholic Church, you're going to find ashes, palm leaves, ashes. coffee and donuts, and bulletins. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I, um, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. This Sometimes, is yeah. instituted mm-hmm. in the Roman Catholic Church. Don't laugh. I'm not. I'm not. This. I'm not laughing. You said ashes, palm branches, coffee and donuts, and you said bulletins. Yes, the most important out of all. That was before. Janelle's yes. answer. Whereas Adrian is on the hook for one holy Catholic and apostolic. Yikes! Uh, tough one here. Fifteen seconds to go. Uh, Jeffrey, what say you? Definitely, Adrian. Survey says. There you go. Yeah, I mean, come. I don't know how you got that one. That one is like impossibly hard. Coffee and donuts? What the? Oh, my. The, the eighth sacrament, if you will. All right. You're in the cup, Jeffrey. You've done it. You've made it in. You could win the prize pack now. How do you feel? Good, good, great. Praise be to God. Well, I think we can double your chances here. Uh, now, uh, this one could be a tricky one. We're going to have to listen very carefully, but uh, let's see if we can't get you in there twice. We're going to go back to Janelle. Janelle, what are the two of the three methods of electing a pope? So so there's three total, and I have to give you two. Okay. At least two. Pope. At least two. I'll just give you two. All right. So the first one is you can um, elect the next pope by drawing lots. Um, and then the second one is that Peter and Paul will, should descend from heaven to appoint the next pope. That's a method? Yes, that's, that's the method. Wow. 
That, yes. that would be kind of scary. Both require divine intervention, if you think about it. I see. So, your answer is casting lots? Yes. And the other one would be Peter and Paul descend from heaven and dictate who the next pope is? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me, what are the two out of the three possible methods of electing a pope? Well, my answer is going to be a little bit more boring. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say you have to have a secret ballot uh-huh. or you can discuss and you can come to a compromise and you can pick a pope. Really? Yep. Hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me summarize for you, Jeffrey. Uh, Adrian says uh, method number one would be a secret ballot. Method number two would be a compromise among the cardinal, uh, the, the college of cardinals. Whereas uh, Janelle says it would be casting lots and or Peter and Paul descend from heaven to appoint the next pope. Who is right, Janelle or Adrian? Jeffrey, what say you? Adrian. Survey says. Adrian. Uh huh. Uh huh, Janelle. <laughs> I mean, uh, all of the. You know, who do you think is trickier? Is it Janelle or Adrian, Jeff? Who do you think is trickiest? <laughs> They're both well, praise be to God, you are in the coffee cup twice. Uh, congratulations. You could win, Jeff. We're very excited that you've you've called in today, been a part of our program. Uh, you must be listening online. Uh, are you uh, listening through the app or a so, uh, like one of the social feeds? How are you tuning in today? Online. Praise yeah. be to God. Well, God bless you, Jeff. Tune in tomorrow uh, to see if okay. it was your name pulled out of the coffee cup. But we are going to put you on hold to get your phone number. In case it be God's will, you are the winner. We can call you and make sure you get the prize from Oremus.com. God love you, uh, Jeffrey. Have a great day. Thanks again for being on our show. Thanks a lot for your show. God bless. Praise be to God. We're going to put you on hold. All right, that is going to do it for the radio side of our program. It's always a lot of fun. We enjoy the game show and our contestants. We just love hanging out with them and giving out the prizes is a lot of fun. But if you can join us tomorrow, praise be to Jesus, we'll have another great show lined up for you. We may be talking about the violence in South Africa. What's behind all of that? That's one of the big conversations. But in the after show today on our live video feed, you get to direct the conversation. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Where we get a little bit more casual and talk about whatever that's on your mind, on your heart, whatever you want to talk about, you can comment and uh, drive the conversation. Um, 
<laughs> I really liked I was the, just thinking about a couple of things <laughs> and my brain stopped all of a sudden it's like wait stop hold on I really liked the answer uh, Peter and Paul descend from heaven to appoint the next pope because that's actually a prophecy I know I was going to say according to that. a number of yes. visionaries that that's yes. going to happen that's at some true. point and they said of a contest who believe there is no pope and there has not been a pope since Pius XII they think that's uh, how the next pope's going to be elected. They're like, well, mm. all the bishops who were appointed by Pius XII are pretty much yeah. dead, except maybe like one. That's and the so trickiness. there's obviously no yeah. one to elect the pope. So I said, that means Peter and Paul are going to have to come down from heaven and appoint the next pope. That's the only explanation. <laughs> uh, well, that's their only option, too. It is. Uh, because they've lost all connection to the, in their worldview, uh, they would have lost all uh, legitimate connection back to the to the last legitimate pope. There's no one to elect the proper pope at this point in their worldview, and therefore their only option is Peter and Paul have to come down from heaven. Now it just happens to be that there are mystics. Uh, Elizabeth, for instance, uh, in uh, the mid 19th century, this was our beginning to mid 19th century. This is one of her uh, visions that she had a lot of visions that were like pretty darn scary to include. The, uh, the betrayal of the College of Cardinals, uh, scandals to the highest level to include the Pope. It'd be I like mean, that. It was a lot. And if you read her her visions, boy, it's a gut puncher. Uh, and she was a very holy woman. Cardinals would come to her and ask for advice, and she was just a house mom. Uh, mm-hmm. Her husband was uh, very scandalous. Her husband uh, cheated on her and uh, openly open public scandal, and she endured that suffering like a saint. And so one of her visions was uh, this prophecy of Peter and Paul descending to elect a pope. So it's not it's not too wild, but it is definitely not a legitimate, you know, according to canon law, means of electing a pope. You can't just count on Peter and Paul to say, like, okay, any day now, we're, we're, we're waiting. Please, if you can come down now and select the, the next pope. Like, they, I don't think Peter and Paul work on our schedule. Just saying. Uh, I have actually called them yesterday, and I talked to them on the phone, and they actually were trying to oh, we're trying to work out a schedule that fits with both of our schedules. Um, oh, so, man. yeah. What are we talking about? Oh, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> oh, I would like to apologize um, because Patty called in for the game show. She was the first caller. And you hung up on her. And I didn't hang up on her. You no, hung up on Patty. Oh. <laughs> Oh my heavens! Where's the uh, flagellum? Did we did we put that in the drawer, Adrian? We you're gonna have the horns. Oh no! This is the these the proper use of the horns of the apocalypse. This is the proper use. Yes. The proper no, use. No, she's gonna have to whip herself. Have to face in the cold. Reparation. <laughs> I have to get a tonsure now. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, um, sorry, Patty. Oh, ouch. Now, Patty's calling another time. Patty did bring up a question that I said we would conversate about in the after show. Now I'm trying to scroll. Yeah, back. I read that. I, I, I don't find that. Oh, it was she, pretty intense. She question. also asked where Father McGivney is buried, and I don't know, but I'm guessing Connecticut. Catholic gentleman responded to her question and said, uh, "St. Mary's New Haven, Connecticut." St. Mary's New Haven, Connecticut. I was right. Look at that. Thank you. Can we put that on a button? I was right. No. No. Uh, thank you, Catholic gentleman. Darn it! Where was the question that we that I said we yeah, could talk about? It was in the way episode? up there. Where? 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 Whoa! For why, some reason, my why am I not seeing? Yeah, it? Yeah, me neither. It's not scrolling that high for why, some reason. Why can't I remember what it was? It was some because it was a pretty long question. I remember it, what it was saying. It was saying something along the lines of, "Is it true that there was a Freemason mass uh, oh, that's celebrating yes. Pope Francis's yes. election?" Uh, no, there was like uh, there was a statement. 
put out on not she didn't say a Freemason mass a Freemason Facebook post I think is what she's referring to. Why are uh, the comments gone? I yeah, that's interesting. Maybe she deleted it. I don't know. But that, no, all the comments before an hour ago are gone. Really? Yes. That's wild. That's super weird. Anyway, huh. you can address the question. I'm going to try to figure this out. Comment settings. <laughs> I'm looking at the comment settings right now. Default viewers. Uh, I don't know. That's, that is super weird. That is weird. Uh, the, you know, that's part of the conversation. We did we have that yesterday? Two. Oh uh, no, with David O'Gray. We talked to David O'Gray. We talked to Doctor uh, Jules Gomez about the can Catholics be Freemasons? Well, with Doctor Gomez, we talked about the some of those more interesting questions in regards to Freemasons. Uh, actually, praising things like Fratelli Tutti, the document in Dubai. Uh, you know, there are, if you. You can. I don't really think you ought to, but you can Google uh, Catholics and Freemasons, and you're going to find lots of Freemason websites praising a lot of the current activity going on within the church. Very bizarre, considering the fact that they have done so much to undermine the church in Europe in particular, but also in Mexico and uh, places in America. There are times that they come and go in America. It's a little bit different in America, I'd argue. Uh, David O'Gray and I discussed our own experiences as Freemasons during that show. Now, you posted that interview um, yesterday, right? I was it yesterday? All the days are blending together. But yes, it's posted now. You were now. gushing about Whether, how good David O'Grady looked in his free yeah, Mason I making, outfit. <laughs> I was making a joke. Like, you were just like, So it's kind of funny. Wow. I put on Twitter, I was like, um, I posted the uh, the post of David O'Grady in the thumbnail. I put a picture of him as a Freemason in his Freemason garb. And I said, man, I got I to gotta admit, David O'Grady looks pretty good in his Freemason outfit. <laughs> and someone commented, David you're a horrible Catholic uh, and uh, you're a horrible person and yada, yada, yada. I got to go find what they said. And I was like, what? What? And I was like, and they're what? like, you, you obviously didn't listen to, uh, yeah. to the episode. You know, that, um, isn't that funny though? Like when people do that, right? When they, like they'll see, there was a study done several years ago where they, they actually tested, they wanted to know how many people would actually read articles Versus headlines. Oh, they put out percentages now on Twitter. Yeah. They and give it, you warnings. They say, would you like to read this before sharing it? But m- so many people react to headlines or subject titles, right? Versus actually consuming the content and then making a, a formed opinion about that content. I mean, it happens all the time. There was somebody... I, 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 I shared on Twitter, you know, the, the live video feed for the conversation with David O'Grady and Dr. Gomez on Freemasons. And, like, they didn't even, it, it was clear they didn't even bother to listen to the show. Mm-hmm. They just started going off on, on the topic, on the subject line, not the actual conversation that was had. It's like, it makes you, it makes you, and I guess I've been guilty of that in the past as well. But when we do that, we look foolish. Because we don't actually know what's in the document or what's in the conversation, the podcast, the video, or whatever. We're just reacting. And I hate to tell you this. So this is some insider baseball. Um, Thanks to the intelligence of computer algorithms, we are forced to use bait-and-switch clickbaity titles. It's... It's part of human psychology. That's part of the reason why the algorithm is designed that way, based on human psychology, what gets attention. So when you're reacting to a clickbaity, uh, bait-and-switch type of title, well, you know what? Just acknowledge the fact that that's the way it goes in the digital sphere. Just get past that point. 
consume the content and then make an informed decision and opinion about that uh, that piece of content before just reacting to headlines. In order to have attention, in order to uh, enjoy the uh, having an audience at all in the digital world, we are required almost to use this, these techniques of getting your attention and getting you to click. Yes, just that's, the way that's it is. True. I, I dislike it, but that's the way it is. And I hate to tell you, it's based on human uh, psychology. So the, the algorithm is just mimicking what uh, what happens in, in in real life. Unfortunately, this is true. But I do want to say we don't use bait and switch. Like we're not going to lie to you. Well, I'm, our, just, I'm being, I, I know, yeah, I'm being I know, general. I understand, but I'm just telling, letting people know, like like we're not lying to you when you see that. We the, are trying to. We are being sensational. Yeah, we make it more embellished. And uh, and we may ask questions that it's like you probably gonna like it's pretty obvious what the answer is like where it's like <laughs> is 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 uh is Pope gonna like gonna ban all Catholics from being Catholic or well no of like course we not said, we can't do that we said uh, is the Latin Mass banned I mean we knew people that were very the Latin upset about that and I was like you didn't banned. watch it yeah but we, you also didn't mm-hmm. watch it yeah people were like you can't say Latin Mass I was like well you didn't watch it we didn't actually say that right. but it was a question that we were discussing. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. It was so we're the, not lying. It was the rumor on the table exactly. before exactly. the document came out, and we were conversating about the rumors mm-hmm. that were out there. Now the document's out. Well, now we know what the deal is, but we didn't know that at the time of the conversation. And we said quite explicitly, "These are the rumors." Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then we were discussing with Athanasius Snyder about the rumors um, because we know rumors are rumors. So there's some truth based in them, but at the same time, we don't. We didn't quite know 100% well, until the document would come out. So, yeah. But people get bent out of shape. And it's like you don't realize, do you not realize that titles, subject lines, these things are meant to get your attention. But if you, if you feel like you're going to have a contrary opinion, well, consume the content, then have your contrary opinion. Fine. Yep. You know? I agree. That's legitimate. Uh, so, so this is the comment that they made, and that made me laugh. Uh, they said, "Thank you, Dave, for being the example of what a bad Christian is. You can, you can't, you can't be any further from Christ, even if you tried." Like, and, he never and, even and David, watched the show. <laughs> and David goes, "They didn't listen to the show. They just looked at the picture." Yeah, and they responded, "I look at your posts and tweets. No need to listen to your phony show." Now. <laughs> Wow, yes. that's somebody who obviously is following David all the time. I, I think that's I think that's hilarious. That cracks me up, but uh, yeah. I just think it's so funny. Because if you watch the show, if you watch that interview, you'd know that David O'Gray isn't a Freemason any longer. In fact, wrote a book about why Catholics can't be Freemasons, and I think he has a lot of legitimate uh, credibility to discuss that topic because he was, in fact, a Freemason and a, and a very influential one in, in the state of Ohio for a very long time. And um, and so he has some insider baseball to share in that regard, and he is no longer part of uh, the Lodge and tells Catholics that you can't be a part of the Lodge. So, Kali Juiz, just listen to the interview and you'd know that. How do we get off on this topic? I don't know. At any rate. I was just pointing out the St. Michael statue because uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus tagged Marbel Robles onto the uh, into the comment section, and she was asking about the statue behind me. They said, "Yeah, I was trying to see, but uh, that person was covering it." Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I was covering it. Whoops, it's behind me. There Ouch. it is. Ouch! It's a very beautiful statue. We thank you very much, Jesus, and yeah. also a new listener. Yeah, which is Marbel Robles. I guess a uh, relative of Jesus, I assume, uh, with that last name. I mean, not necessarily, but, uh, you know, I think it's a safe assumption. So thank you very much for being Praise a first-time commenter and I think a first-time listener. So thank you very much. 
Amen. God love you. Thanks for commenting. We're very grateful to you. Yeah. Uh, good morning to you, Mr. Thomas, for our friend from Florida. Uh, good morning to you, Sienna. Praise be to God and the Burrier family. We, we always love having you on. Leticia, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Tammy, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Angelo uh, Bustamante, good morning to you. Alan Smith from Canada. Praise be to God. It's good to see you guys. We're very grateful to you for being on. Uh, and also, uh, again, our friend Jesus Robles, friend of the show. As we just said, hey, Seuss, uh, you, we got to hook up, my friend. I, I mean, I'm enjoying keeping the relic of uh, St. Uh, Ferrer, but uh, you probably want him back at some point. We'll have to arrange for that. But uh, it's been a blessing to have him in our family and in our home these last several weeks. Uh, let's see here. Uh, buddy, K9. I said it right this time. Yes. Uh, good morning to you, buddy. Praise be to God. Good to see you. Uh, let's see who else is here. We know Patty was. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, our friend... Uh, from the uh, John Heinen was commenting again this morning, but you're right. All the comments are going away. Like right? I can't see Isn't the that older super ones. Weird? That's super weird. That's new. That's never happened before. Yeah, never happened before. You can't go back behind like 20 comments. Joaquin, it, it good morning. Lori, good morning. Um, I know Gloria was on and and uh, others. Barbara, uh, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Good to see you. Sonia was on, and so was Josh Knoll. Good morning, uh, Don. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Praise be to God. Um, uh, we had a new, I think we had a new commenter, Barbara Ackerman. Uh, she I think she's commented before. Yeah, she's oh, commented she has? before. She's oh. a friend of Lori's mm. or a family member of Lori's. Nicola, actually. good morning. Praise be to God, Nicola. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, praise be to Jesus. Well, uh, um, Mr. Thomas said, Adrian, please invite Mike Pearl from the YouTube show, The Door. He is very eloquent and stubborn Protestant. It'd be interesting to debate him. <laughs> well, the problem with that is yeah. our format isn't debate. Right, exactly. Um, you know, th- that's an interesting kind of, kind of fun, quirky insider baseball topic, too. Probably uninteresting to most people, but, uh, but since it kind of comes up. Uh, we ride the line on Catholic Drive Time. We have one foot in two worlds. And one foot is on radio, and the other foot is in the digital world. And we find this all the time. We have guests on that are not used to being on radio, but they are used to being on, say, podcasts, for instance. And they get two hours. Yeah, and they get two hours to conversate as slow and as methodical and as in-depth as they like. But we don't, we don't do that. We don't have that. That's not what we do. We are a radio show primarily. We air our radio program on 50-plus stations all across uh, the United States uh, live and in the radio world, the pace is much quicker. It's there's a lot more energy and we have to keep that pace. We have to keep our format on our program. Um, but at the same time, we are live streaming to our, all of our digital platforms. And that's why we're here with you, which is part of the reason why at the second half of this hour, we always just do the radio, the, the, the digital side only. And then we slow down. And we conversate about whatever you want to talk about. We, whatever, you, whatever you're asking about is what we discuss, generally speaking. And um, we can get in depth. We can do whatever. There's a lot more freedom and flexibility. So like a, a debate format, Catholic Answers does some of that. Uh, but that's generally not the Is there any radio format. shows that do debates? No, because debates are – generally most radio shows are an hour long. Mm-hmm. And a debate – you, plus, you have breaks. You have to take breaks in the radio world. So it's just a lot harder to get anywhere in depth on any subject. 
you know, you have to kind of keep it at a high level. I guess if you made it like a formal debate, you probably, you might be able to do that. Catholic Answers has done some of that. For sure. I think, um, if I remember correctly, it was a long time ago. I listened to the uh, YouTube file of it, but I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, like maybe 15 years ago, Tim Staples did a uh, series where he did like a three-day debate with a radio host of a, a Protestant radio station. Day debate. Yeah, it took that long to do Whew. it because uh, wow. they only they had to fit in with their time on the radio. And so they had to take breaks at certain times and yeah. the show ended so they get in to get a finish. Yeah, because um, you, you, you're on a clock. Yeah, so it, it is very day. much more difficult. That's what I was asking. I was like, no, I guess it's not, it's not I guess people just do it on like a special occasion because no. uh, I've only answers. heard of like three. At Catholic Answers, they do like these many debates, and, and you could say, because they will have these open line conversations that are, are only open to Protestants, or they're only open to atheists, or they're only open to pro-choice people. Then they'll do themed uh, shows like that. So, like Trent Horn is famous for this. He'll take calls from people who are only uh, uh, supporting abortion, and he will take their questions, and he'll debate them. Uh, but I find that the pace is... Um, it slows way down. It, it, they don't get more than a couple of phone calls at best in the hour. So there's a lot of people waiting on hold, waiting to ask a question or give a comment, and they never get on because the debate just slows everything down. Yeah. It, and then where do you – like, can you get to something of substance within that time frame? It's hard. So hard. Most debates happen in forums where you have time and space. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can have that proper back and forth and follow up and, and, and all of that. And it gets very difficult to do that in a radio format. So I would say, like Michael Lofton, it does a great job. He's got a oh, lot, yeah. of, lot of it's debates. Like three hours long. Yeah, I mean, they're, exactly. They're three hours long. And, uh, great content. But it, that's the beautiful part about the digital side. If you're just doing digital, you know, there's, I remember when podcasting began. You know, um, as you all know, you're my CDT insiders. You've heard me say this a ton of times, but I started in radio in the 90s. And uh, when when podcasting began around the year 2005, um, I thought, this is, this is amazing. It feels like radio, but there's new opportunities here that we didn't have before. And part of the trick was learning this distinction. What makes podcasts different than radio? And we learned very quickly that the same rules don't apply. And, um, and, you know, there were people who were trying to sound like there were radio. And then you realize that the podcast that kind of floated at the top of the podcast that, that really figured that out quicker. And they knew that they had, they could do whatever they wanted. The same rules don't apply. And, um, and there's always this debate that comes up. Oh, there's no attention span. People don't have attention spans to so keep things, you know, short and sweet. Well, explain Joe Rogan to me then three hours a day, number one podcast on planet earth. Three hours per day. People will listen if your content is interesting. Um, and it doesn't have to be high-paced or fast or whatever. It can be slow and methodical so long as people are listening. I remember one of my favorite podcasts in the early days was the, the History of Rome podcast. And it was completely scripted and um, long complicated with all of the the, the you know the uh i'm pretty sure the only thing you need to know about the history of rome is that the catholic church is the reason why it fell and it's all our fault no actually not oh. i think you'd be surprised hmm. but the history of rome podcast started a genre of history podcasts where everybody copied the guy's style <laughs> and the guy who who created history of rome was out of austin i can't remember his name now 
It's been several years since I've listened to it. But I love that podcast. I found it fascinating. And he had such an influence on many other podcasters. In fact, there were some, there were some Catholics that copied his style almost completely. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I guess another rabbit hole I, I, that I find personally fascinating anyway to, to think of those things. But uh, digital is a different ball game than radio. Radio, you got to keep that pace up. And uh, I, I hate to admit that radio is a dying medium because I love radio. Um, but I also feel like it's sad that it's dying, not just because I love it, but because of the freedom and flexibility we've, ha- we've enjoyed to talk about difficult subjects that society doesn't approve of on radio that we can't get away with quite the same way on digital because the overlords on digital control the distribution. And if you want an audience, well, you're, you're, you're required almost to play ball with them. And I feel like that in, in a way we're kind of like a sellout in that regard. And I don't like that feeling. Uh, he, uh, Mr. Thomas says, I feel fascinated by Rome. I think Rome had a big influence on Star Wars. There was a lot of influences on Star Wars. Uh, the World War II footage of dogfights was a big influence on Star Wars. Dogfights? Yes. On Star Wars? Yes. George Lucas talked about watching those those reels of uh, that were coming out of World War II, the airplanes doing dogfights in, the, in oh, the sky. Oh, I was thinking of like dogfights, like dogs oh, my, fighting. Yeah, no, no. Okay. They were called dogfights, yeah, right, right. but uh, yeah. no, I meant airplanes. Okay. And by the way, I just finished watching The Battle for Britain, uh, 1962. There's a lot of famous actors in that. Uh, have you guys ever seen, by show of hands, how many people have seen that? It, it blows my mind watching a movie from 1962 recreate the Battle for Britain, which is an air war primarily, and watching the, like, this is decades before CGI and these types of special effects and seeing them blow these planes up in the sky, f- flying them, you know, uh, over some of the same locations that the actual battle happened. That must have freaked a lot of uh, Londoners out, you know, because a lot of those people... They, they actually lived that experience firsthand. That must have been really freaky. It's kind of crazy to watch him make a movie like that. Hey, Brother Jesus, uh, you know, he is um, a radio uh, pro. And uh, he's, he's been in the radio business for a long time. He says, debating in the morning is a way out of morning format. Yeah, that's true. Listeners are in and out every few minutes in the busyness of debating could could be a 9 a.m. up. Yeah, and the, the point he is uh, trying to make here is in the radio world, you typically get a brand new audience every eight minutes or so. That's why we, in the radio side, will often re... Uh, we'll, every eight minutes or so, we're, we're giving the name of our guest and what we're talking about. We'll repeat that over and over again, uh, generally around every eight minutes. Uh, sometimes I'm good at doing that, sometimes I'm bad at doing that, but... That's that's a radio thing. Yeah, I'm learning as well. All that all that jazz because like I've done stuff on social media and YouTube stuff and I mean if you don't know what we're talking about just look at the description below. So, you know, Yeah, all right. It's I like mean, you, when you're driving like, in the car, it's not like you can just look, "Oh yeah, what's the uh what's the name of the of the episode today?" You know, uh, like you can't you, do that on the radio. You're watching a YouTube video, you don't somehow forget halfway through, "What am I listening to?" Right, exactly. Like, and if like, you do, then one, you weren't really paying attention. Yeah, that's right. And you should and you can just look at the title or yeah. no, read the description. Yeah. Uh, but on radio, yeah, I can't just like, "Okay, let me just look at my uh my clock and where it says uh what the title of the episode is." Yeah. Like I uh, can't, yeah. can't do that. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, the imperial aspects of Star Wars uh, coming from Rome is pretty impressive. But also, don't forget the Nazi influence on Star Wars. You know, um, the Empire having that having that Nazi like feel. Oh, and yesterday, this was after the show. I'm pretty sure our friend David Magianis, who filled in for Adrian uh, a few weeks ago, good guy. Uh, he, you know, he and I are of similar vintage. He's a little. They're older both than me. old, is what he's saying. Vintage. Okay, you get older. The thing is, you get better the, older. The, Every day, you know, we live in the present. That's it's a, every day is a gift. Uh, Joe just has gift. Joe just has a lot of presents. Ouch, ouch. Okay, so uh, we were. I was. So David and I can relate because he and I, uh, being of similar vintage, we we've grown up with the same sort of pop culture icons and and media and entertainments, things like that. So we we understand a lot that the uh, the youngins here in the studio. Uh, know nothing about. And one of them was the V. But I was surprised. David didn't really know. He couldn't remember V. Do you, who here remembers the TV show series V in the 80s, uh, which was about aliens coming to Earth and they look like humans, but it turns out they were reptiles and they were, tr- they were trying to take over. Well, notice the influence of Nazi Germany on that as well because they 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 had the sort of the same flavor the same feel so uh, I don't know very I'm just fascinated by that that's all that's the only reason why I bring it up uh, what else what else is going on today with everybody praise be to God besides comments that are disappearing on on Facebook unfortunately right. I haven't been able to figure out what's going on yet how many people have uh, were familiar with the Catholic gentleman I'd be curious to know Yes, uh, they would they would get drunk on sour milk. I forgot that, Lori. I totally forgot that that was a part of V. Was that they would get drunk on Catholic milk. You know what else is a part of that that film that was kind of controversial? And this is we're talking the eighties here. There is a um, it was it started out as a as like a mini movie uh, that was broken up into into segments that they played over the course of uh, weeks or something. And then it was so popular that they made two others and it became less and less popular over time. But the issue was you got aliens trying to take over the world, lying to the public governments, cooperating with these lying aliens, and then a resistance and rebellion movement fighting against them. Some of the aliens became traitors to their own kind and helped the rebellion, et cetera. Et cetera. But in that process, uh, there was an alien man and a human woman who got together, and she got pregnant. And then the debate raged about whether or not she should. Once she discovered that this guy was a reptile and not an actual humanoid, you know, she wanted to have an abortion at that point. And there was a Catholic priest involved in this as a character in this debate, and they were debating abortion in the '80s on this television series. And one of the main characters was the guy who played the Beastmaster. Again, another '80s, you know, the Conan type of genre film, the Beastmaster with his two ferrets. Remember that the ferrets? Um, well, they're all around a table debating abortion, and the priest is the one saying you can't do abortion because it's wrong, and and the whole my body, my choice argument comes up, and it was the beast master who said it's her body, we have to give her the choice, and they kind of leave it at that. My body, my choice. But the problem is she has the babies, and uh, one of them is half humanoid, half reptilian, and the other one's full on reptilian, and it was it got weird after that. It wasn't Keith Sorbo; he wasn't the beast master, or Kenneth. Kenneth, no. Sorbo is the guy who played Hercules. He's the God's Not Dead guy. Hercules, like the cartoon or the movie? No, no. Sorbo 
the actor. His last name is Sorbo. What's his first name? I have no idea. God's not dead actor. Which cast. God's not dead? Episode the second one or the third one? The first. <laughs> the f- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched any of them, so I wouldn't actually know. Kevin Sorbo. Thank you. Thank you. Kevin Sorbo is not the guy I'm thinking about. Kevin Sorbo did a live-action Hercules television show um, back in the 90s, early 2000s or whatever. But that's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about the Beastmaster. Beastmaster cast. Uh, the child from, saved humanity in the From the, the 80s. Beastmaster, 82. cast. buddy. It is Mark Singer is his name. Mark Singer is the actor. He's the one who played in V, and he's the one that went with the My Body, My Choice uh, argument for my abortion. Body, my choice. So fascinating. How many, I, again, how many people have seen V? I know Lori seems to have. She remembers. It looks like Dawn and Buddy time. have as well. Dawn and Buddy. The child saves humanity in the end. Isn't that something? V. That was marketing genius in that film, though. They put up posters everywhere with the V spray-painted on top for of vendetta. it. For Vendetta. Not for Vendetta. V for victory. Anyway, God love you. Uh, praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're hopefully going to have a conversation with somebody from South Africa tomorrow about the violence that's gone on there. Crazy, crazy violence. But we're trying to connect with somebody from TFP in South Africa who can give us the actual facts on the ground. And uh, either way, we're going to have an interesting conversation, and we're thankful that you're a part of that. Please share, like, subscribe. You're going to help us grow, and we're very grateful to you. We're going to send out the email later today as well to the CDT Insiders for that exclusive content. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you for joining.